inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. And here we are, just the two of us again. Last Saturday of September, we're recording this. It will be airing live on the Monday, last Monday of September. How are you doing, Care? It's kind of like a month ago, where it was just you and I on the final Saturday of August, I think it would have been. Sitting here recording an episode of Outlook for a mixed bag Monday. Yes. Well, when they air on Mondays on Radio Western, that's what we have coined them. Uh, and you may be listening to this as a podcast. If so, thank you for listening. Yeah, it's always it's always weird. And I say to listening live and I don't know why I'm so picky with these terms. But again, it's we're not live. But no. if you're listening when it first airs, this is the first time it's being released on the radio on Radio Western. This is, the, you know, they're our home base. And then after that, we put it up as a podcast. Right. But I just think it's kind of neat that, again, at the very end of the month, it's, we're back to just the two of us. And we've had a month full of great, interesting guests, some, some difficult topics as well, which, which we'll get into. But just it's been, a, it's been a busy month with a lot of guests. So it's kind of nice at the end of the month just to, just to be back to the bare bones basics of this show, just like we began. Um, and this is episode yeah. 128. Wow. Outlook. And speaking about when we began, we recently, again, we had such important topics to get to this month that we haven't had a chance to mention that we celebrated our third year anniversary back on September the 10th. So yeah. Over a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I think we made a big deal when we got to our 100th episode and that oh, deservedly so, but I think, yeah, three years. It's good to point it out anyway. Yeah, good to mention it. Maybe on our five-year anniversary or something, we'll try and prepare a special program. <laughs> Well, it's just, it's, it's a lot, but like looking back, like we said on our first episode, all those three years ago, how different the show was then at half hour, you and me always, you know, get no guests until way into it. And since the pandemic, everything's just changed and it's hard to see about what it'd be like to go backward. But I, like, we know the station's opening up there and uh, that's great. But Yeah. So you know, one of these days we might be back in the studio for a live show here and there. We'll see, kind of, still kind of waiting to see how things pan out. Um, I do want to quickly go back to you mentioning us as uh, being available as a podcast. So if people search for us, Outlook on Radio Western, you can find us on, well, I'm up on five of the, the main podcast services right now. Uh, we will be up on more eventually if, if, if we get requests from people that, that, you know, we're not on a certain service, you can always let us know. That's something what's else we more, like. To... What's more these days? I don't even know. What's that? Trying to, tr- trying to keep up on what more there, there, there is. Well, we're not on know. Google. I know the one, we're not on the Google <laughs> podcasts yet. That one I've been meaning to get, to get Outlook up oh, on. Oh, um, really? But then I think there's also some that are more just directory type ones that search through all sorts of places where you can probably always find us. Like I think, I don't know. I know our, our friend in Ireland who we've had on this show a few times and um, I think he uses something called Castro FM. Which I'd never even heard of. So, but I think right. I don't know if that's more of a, a searchable engine. Anyhow, 
I mention this because, well, for one, you can, you can always reach out to us, outlookonradiowestern at gmail.com. You know, we're always looking for any sort of interest in the show, any topics you want us to talk about. If you want to ever be on the show, we're, we're up to just have interview anyone who is blind or, you know, ha- knows someone who's blind or has any connection to the blind community or just, just any sort of topics or any disabilities, not just, not just blindness. Yeah, we talk all the time about, um, you know, we are lucky being in Canada. And uh, every time I hear about somebody having a huge bill when they leave the doctor, right, it's nice to leave an appointment um, and feel like you don't have a big bill coming. So that's our system. And then talking about how great doctors are and how lucky we are to have science as we've been doing in this pandemic with all the vaccine talk. But, you know, it's just good to recognize. Yeah. So if you anybody wants to talk about anything um, locally here in London, uh, through Radio Western, uh, we cover a lot of topics um, that might relate to students and students with disabilities who we know you're out there. <laughs> Not yeah. to call anybody out. But, no, for you know, sure. No pressure. But if you are yeah, a Western but, student and you happen to listen to your, you know, you're listening to this right now, you can always feel free to reach out if you if you have something that you want to talk about relating to disability that you feel like isn't talked about enough. And we're, we're you know, we're here for we're here for you. Anyone who has disabilities or any anything that um, that they feel that needs more attention. Also, the fact that, Carrie, you and I are both blind and we're siblings, we just we might bring a different perspective to things. So even if someone wants to be on the show that isn't related to blindness, you know, it might be kind of neat just to have anyone on. So, you know, as the hosts, we normally kind of look for guests and invite them on, but we're, we're, we're willing to go the other opposite way too and have guests reach out to us. So, Sure. Um, but it can be locally, like I said, in London or, or, or on, you know, Ontario or Canada or, or international, whatever. Uh, we have listeners in different places across Canada and, and, and around other parts so yeah but what i would like to mention about the podcasts is i'm not the best at tracking these stats and i gotta find a way to kind of track where our listeners are coming from how many listeners we're getting um but i did want to mention do you know care if i ever read this review on the air because we did have one review on our itunes um apple podcasts page I don't remember. So I I thought I would quickly read that now. It's very short. Um, Just just to give people an idea. And I I know these things, honestly, I'm not big on these types of things. I don't love promotion. It's tough. Um, This is a bit different because I think these are, even though it's our show, we're not really, you know, we're doing this for everyone. It's it's just to get the word out about all of these things. So it's not, it's not like we're... we want, we want, we'd love you to follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever, but also reviews are nice. I know, I mean, I'm in the process right now of trying to get some testimonials from some people I've done some work for and uh, some sensitivity reader work. And it's always odd, odd to ask for somebody to give you a testimonial about what, how great it was to work with you is what you're hoping for, right? That's why it's sort of odd. But yeah, I think it is nice. It's, and I think, it's definitely nice. But I think in our case, it's also more that the more ratings or reviews you get, then the higher right. up you become in searches. And that way, at least these topics will get out there more. Because the main thing is that it's not, it's not about us as people that we want our show. It's more the topics in general that we want as many shows to be talking about this stuff as possible. And we're always happy when we find people like Justin, who we had on our show earlier this year, who was starting up a, a similar type of show um, in, in, on Trent Radio there in, in Peterborough. So... There's so many, you know, it's just, it's, we all want to work together and we want to get the word out. So I just really want to say, give another shout out to this person. I don't know who this is specifically, but. Somebody, oh, they didn't leave a name. Well, they have a username on, uh, on right. Apple podcast. 
Regoro64. That's R-E-G-O-R-O. So Regoro. I guess you would pronounce <laughs> that's how you pronounce that. 64. And this review was left on March the 2nd of this year, which is, oh. you know, we've been on podcasts since last summer, I believe. Summer of 2020. What? Was it? Uh, that's when I got us up on podcasts finally again. The pandemic so sort of giving me more focus and time to do certain things. But yeah, back in March, we got this review from Rigoro64. This is such a great resource for blind and visually impaired people. And he rated us, or I don't know why I said he, they or them or he or she. I don't know. I don't know how this person prefers to be identified. Mm -hmm. But they gave us five stars. So I just want to give a shout out to Rigoro64. But what I do see on iTunes is it says there aren't enough reviews to give you a proper rating. Because a podcast right. at the top will, will generally say how many stars it's been rated out of five. But since we only really have this one review, that's not really enough to get enough of a, a uh, overall rating for us. Um, so okay. it's just, again, we're not trying to preach and, and I, I know it's a bother. I don't, to be honest, I don't go on and rate and review podcasts on Apple Podcasts really either, though I probably should start because there's a lot of great podcasts out there that I do like. Exactly. I know. I've done a few, but not with everyone I listen to, and I listen to quite a few. We also want to say that uh, it's the fall. The fall with you. The fall. And the fall. And the fall. It's the fall and the fall. The fall. A crap. The fall. The fall. The fall. The fall. Uh, the fall. Anyway. The new fall LP. And the fall with the fall. Of course. Fall <laughs> Should I have played that clip, Care? I thought yes. about it. How long is it? Well, I think there might be like a extra long, like, probably a 20 minute version on YouTube or something, but I. <laughs> we should put it in the show notes. I don't know. I don't know how it looks on YouTube, but it sounds so funny. Yeah, I could put a link to it. Yeah. Or, I don't know. I could insert it in the background here, I guess, for a second, if you want. You could. In post. Yeah. Maybe I will put a little bit underneath this here, just so people can get a bit of an idea. It's hilarious, and I don't even really know them. Like, I, I can't still even picture what their music is exactly, but being with you that one time when I heard you listen to the big, long Christmas special with uh, this. Is he a DJ, or what is he? Well, John Saul. Solomon is the yeah. DJ I've talked about on the show, but then no, I'm talking uh, about the one saying the fall. The well, fall, yeah, the fall. John Solomon played it, but yeah, it was John Peel who originally said it. Who, yeah, who, who yeah. was a DJ at the BBC for years and years and years. The BBC, that's it. Um, and yeah, he loved the band The Fall, and of course, it's the season The Fall that we're into now. This is our first episode of The Fall. And do you always think that's funny though? It's just that's. I mean, autumn sounds so official, and I like it. It's got a nice I know. ring, but. It's just more of a casual way to call it the fall. It's fall. And it just it's, it's just it's such a common word used for something else entirely. I know it uh, is weird, and unless you're falling into a pile of leaves, I guess I don't know, but it's funny. And I fall. don't I don't think the band named it specifically after the season per se. I don't right. know quite why they chose that name. I I don't know if I've ever read. They might have been going by the other meaning that word has something about taking a fall. Right. It's it's hard to say. I don't know if I've ever really researched the origin of the name. Hmm. Um. But yeah, there's a clip on YouTube of, because John Peel loved them so much, you think he had them in session on his show, like, close to 30 times, probably, um, where he'd record an exclusive session with them to air on his program. Um, so now it's this cut up version of all the times he said it, and they're, they're just different tones, he's in different moods. Yeah, <laughs> different moods, and it's, it is pretty funny. So yeah, I probably will put a little clip here in post, so you can get mm. context for that. But yeah, I just, I, I wasn't, a, I never really listen to the fall over the years up until about 2013 when I really started to 
get into John Peel and and I can't quite remember what really got me into them originally, but now I am a pretty big fan as well. And uh, just crazy band. They've really they released thirty one albums, um, and they probably would have continued, but the Marky Smith, pretty much the the main the main guy leader behind the fall, passed away. Just over th- like over three years ago now, it was February of 2018, right after I'd started my my music show on Fridays, Shin Music, um, and I got to about 1990 listening to Fall albums. So I think I maybe heard the first 10 or 11 albums, um, and I've heard a couple of the later ones, but they're all still pretty good, even the later ones. Um, but anyway, this isn't huh. a music show specifically, so I I don't I don't know what the kids are are listening to these days, but uh, if if you want to go back and time and check out something else uh not not so current i guess you could check out the fall yeah and i mean it's just so crazy how many albums a, a band can release i oh, sorry i care i said the word crazy we're trying to stop using that word so much right mm-hmm. yep <laughs> carrie doesn't want to say much on the show about it apparently but uh... <laughs> no 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 it's fine we i mean address it it is it's one of those words we keep we slip into and use too easily i think um, and you know as hosts we're really trying to be as accessible as we can and it's hard to do <laughs> but uh the problem continues but um yeah i think it's just worth discussing so yeah anyway the fall released a lot of albums which is impressive yeah. and that's not even including all the non-album singles like they had a lot of singles that weren't on albums that just had an a-side and a b-side that are also good. oh all right i wish but. i could i wish it, if i was in person i would like just tap you on the shoulder <laughs> oh, okay 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 yeah, we've switched to a show all about the fall. Um, <laughs> I know you love this. But... We're getting a little bit of a- um, advocacy fatigue, so we've, we've moved on to a fall podcast, even though, Carrie, yeah. I don't think you probably even ever heard a fall album. But Nope, nope, but I love the fall or autumn as the... Yeah, let's go on. Let's talk about the season now. <laughs> as the intellectuals call it, the autumn. It does sound better, but yeah, I think it's just, I'm not used to saying it. It doesn't... I know. It's not casual and it just doesn't... If it feels more clunky. Yeah, but it does sound nicer. So the autumn. What what are you what are you thinking now about the autumn care? Getting into the cold here. It's gonna be snowing pretty soon and hard to travel and drive and all that. What do you say? Well, I know, I know people don't like talking about it so much and, and a lot of people don't like fall and the poor fall takes you know, takes the brunt of it because they you know, precede, precede the winter. And a lot of people find that difficult, which I totally get when it's not accessible because of ice and snow. I totally get it. But I love this time of year. And somehow it just seemed like when Wednesday came along, somebody snapped their fingers and the air felt different. I mean, we've had a lot of rain, of course. Yeah, it was even raining a bit today. Seems hey, to have... weather talk. Oh, yes. Weather talk. This is uh, another part of our podcast. Today is a mixed bag Monday. So there will be mm-hmm. a myriad of topics coming up throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was raining at... A bit earlier here in London, where I'm coming in from. Um, <laughs> sounds weird. I'm not really coming in anywhere. I'm just talking into a microphone in my apartment. But it was raining a bit earlier here, but it seems to have stopped. What about in Woodstock there, Carrie, where you are? Was there any rain there oh. today you heard? Oh, yeah. Yeah? It's pretty much been raining almost every day, I think. I don't know yep. if it did yesterday, though, really. Um, yesterday was a what? little dreary, but it, it was a bit of sun, and it, I don't think it really rained yesterday, from what I recall. Yesterday being Friday. Anyway, I think that's enough weather talk. Um, <laughs> but you do love the, the autumn, right? Like the... Yes. And, and what about it? Like, the air? Yeah. It just, I don't know. I f- f- 
feel more alive is like people feel like now it's heading towards everything kind of being dead, the dead of winter, as they say. But for me, I I take it as a whole new change. And I just, I don't like heat really. So I don't like freezing, but I, I like the in between of it. So fall never lasts long enough. It's October mostly that I like it like, I guess. Yeah, but. I think that's the, that's the main thing with me is that I do love this time of year in a, in a lot of ways because yeah, it is. I noticed the same thing. I woke up a few days ago in my apartment and it just, it didn't feel humid at all. It just had this like coolness mm-hmm. to the air. It wasn't cold. Even like right now when I'm, when I'm speaking here on Saturday, September the 25th, it, you know, it doesn't, it's not cold in here, but it's not warm in here. It's just kind of, kind of cool. Yeah. Eventually these days are cold enough that when it's rainy, that it's considered damp, not humid. And once there's no more talk of hum- humid, uh, even though you could still call it that, you know, it's damp, whatever, when it's rainy, it's still going to be dreary. But I just, yeah, once the air becomes clear again, it's just always so fresh and cool and, and you can smell the leaves turning crisp or something. I don't know. Yeah, it just, it does feel nice. But I think I'm kind of like you where I like it up until like the end of October, but then once it does get into the really cool dead of winter, and I, I mean, I, I do like that for Christmas, just primarily to see our family and everything is really nice. And it's kind of a nice feeling for a bit there in the year. But I think for me, it's more that just, and again, you can only do so much in the summer, but sometimes it's just like, oh, the summer's already over. And sometimes I feel like I didn't get out <sighs> right. enough or I didn't do as much right. as I wanted to. It's more that for me, but overall, I don't know. You had some patio. Yeah, it's been um, all right. I did get nights. And- yeah, I had a time on a patio about a week ago with, with my friend and um, a couple times with my parents here this month coming down to visit. So I got a, it was a, it was a it was a fine summer, all things considered. Went to the sand hills. Yeah, we talked about that on our last mixed bag, I think, because mm-hmm. or one of our last one. We did two in a row there at the end of August. Two mixed bags. Yeah. And we had some pretty serious, as you said, conversations in the last few weeks here. And we're going to kind of get to that, touch on that a little bit. But we just wanted to sort of have a chilled episode because of so much that goes on, as we say, you know, we are, I am anyway, it's tired AF, which I've made that to mean tired uh, advocacy fatigue. But uh, you can take it another way if you like. (laughs) If you want, yes. So I was going to ask you, well, do you want to go, should we go through the summary of the, this month's guests here? Or I was also going to ask, Carrie, what have you had to eat today? Oh, no. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer what I had, too. And then I was, I, we don't talk about food and cooking enough on this episode. And I think sometimes, you know, blind people in general, people might wonder, how do blind people I, eat? What do they cook? We want to have more, we want to have a blind, sh- like an actual, like, I actually do cook and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit, but. We do want to have like an actual blind chef on this show sometime and someone that really takes it seriously. And we know of a couple people, I think, in the back of my mind, I can think of at least one um, that we had on earlier this year in our siblings month, who sounds like they like to cook a lot. So, but yeah, do you want to answer that or should we go to do the summaries? There's just so many topics here, I can't decide. Oh, yeah. Well, no, we can answer this question first. Um, I had a bowl of cereal, an apple or two and some crackers and like dip an apple or two so you're not sure you might have had one. i think i think i had two yeah oh so because yeah this is your apple season right um where you get your honey crisp apples um yeah so fascinating fascinating topic yeah yeah, it's it's not a lot of 
cooking. It's not my culinary well talents on display. For one thing, I'd like to say that you know we both we each live on our own. I here live in a bachelor apartment here in, in London, and you live in a house there in Woodstock by yourself. So that in itself, it's hard to cook when you live on your own, whether you're blind or not. I think it's just it's just one person, and generally you make a meal. It's it's quite a bit of work, and I, I think like, it I is. Know, a, I know you. I know you can put certain like. Pr- portion it and put it in the freezer and eat it leftovers another time like i i get all that it's just yeah the whole process feels like why bother so i just don't (laughs) occasionally if i do make a meal for myself i think huh this is kind of nice right and i'm able to at least create something for myself you know i'm i'm not afraid to like turn on a burner or something right like a lot of blind people do still struggle with burners heat frying things boiling things they're they're not given enough chance to practice it and it just doesn't become habit. And then all of a sudden they find themselves on their own, but yet they still are hesitant to do such things like that. And so then they do eat a lot of portion meals, like microwavable things. And yeah, there's, there's a, there is some talk in the, in the blind community about health, healthy. And, and the fact that sometimes it's, it's harder when you, if you don't cook as much. So I've been living on my own now for, gee, like since I moved out of home, where we, where we grew up, it's been 15 years. So I just knew I, there's no way I could live off of pogos and pizza pops for the rest of my life. So it kind of came out of a, a, a situation of need to cook. But at the same point, I realized I also had support, like, you know, my mom, I could reach out, or our mom, I guess, we're, we're siblings. So, But I realized not everyone has the same support. And it's, it's not an easy, easy thing always to, and it, like you say, it, like everything, it takes practice. And if you don't have that practice, Earlier on, the, the older you get, it, it can get tricky. We fall into traps, you know, where we just don't know and we don't know how to know. <laughs> so this morning, I did actually, I didn't really do much cooking yet today either. Um, I more so had an apple as well, though it was a Macintosh apple. <laughs> not, your, not your favorite honey crisp. But I also had a bowl of shreddies with almond milk. Well, the first thing I actually did when I got up was make coffee. If you know me, well, you know me, of course. Uh, but uh, coffee is a is a must for me right away. You make coffee, and I don't. Yeah, that's one thing you you don't do in the morning. But you're not you, you drink coffee sometimes, but you're not a. You yeah, I do. You don't really like it every morning like I do. I I like the warmth and the, the the smoothness and the I don't know, but yeah, I don't need it very often. Like it's just more of a circumstance circumstantial thing. Yeah, it's more for me, it's just become a routine. It's just something to do when I get up, go through the motions of doing it, and it's nice to have that warm, comforting drink. I do like the smell. Hmm, there you go. Talking about all the senses here. I know everybody's obsessed with with pumpkin spice this time of year. Yeah. Some people just adamantly opposed, and other people love it. I, You know, it's a really sweet drink. That's all. I'm kind of in the middle. If someone had it and and offered me one, I'd I'd have it, but it's not something I seek out. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I do like a good pumpkin pie, though, especially when our mom, speaking of our mom, when she makes pumpkin pie, it's pretty good. Um, but I, I also had a kind bar, it's a type of protein type bar. And I had a peach, though I think we're kind of out of peach season now. It wasn't, wasn't very good. I think good. so. I think you should stick to pears. <laughs> yeah, I did have a pear actually a few days ago, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, um, did I, have, I feel like I had something else, too. <laughs> but what, what but what are you planning on making anyway yeah so so i do actually i do generally try to eat quite healthy for for the most part 
Um, but you know, that for me was a, was a pretty good breakfast, but I, I'm thinking of making this vegan stew later. And I actually got this recipe from someone that I kind of knew from a long time ago. And I, you actually connected with her as well. And you, you uh, ha- have had some yoga teaching from her. Um, but you're, but you're not strictly a vegan or anything, no, but no. you just, you don't mind, you don't mind the meals. Yeah. I've always kind of been interested in the, in vegetarians and, and vegans, just the whole idea I've never actually. How do you adapt? To yeah, I've just never that. taken the effort and time to do it. And it's, one, it's like anything, I feel like if you really wanted to, you could do it. It's, it's more that I like to be open to different things and I'm not, I'm not against, you know, a lot of vegan dishes are really good. So anyway, mm. she sent me this, this recipe a few years ago for this vegan stew and I tend to get stuck in the same sort of places of eating the same thing. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And it actually really worked out for me. So yeah, so for that, I do, I chop up a... I peel a sweet potato first. I have potato peelers here. And then I chop it up into like cube-sized pieces and I throw it in a pot of boiling water to get the potatoes started up to boil. And I add, well, actually, I'm not really giving this in the proper order. I would normally start with onion. I would chop up an onion. And you're, not releasing a, you're not releasing a cookbook anytime soon. No, not particularly. So I might not be the best at relaying. But I just want to give pe- uh, listeners a bit of an idea of how I would do this, and as a blind person, you know, it's not really any different. I've practiced well, I was cutting just gonna, things. Sorry, go on. I was just gonna, well, I was going to ask you, like, how do we describe this to somebody? You can say, I, I, I boil these and I cut these up, but somebody who's not blind wouldn't hear this and think, or if somebody who maybe he's newly going blind, who the idea of cooking seems kind of confusing, and you can't see all of a sudden, how do you do that? Like, what's more specific would you be able to say about it to really explain it? Or is it something you just think people would have to see and just I do experience think enough of? Seeing it or, you know, a lot of our listeners, if, you're, if you can't see or whatever, you might, it would be better just to be in person when, when, I'm, when someone's doing it and just be around it enough. And yeah, then, talk about it with people who are doing it already and then be, maybe be there for a meal if, if But yeah, it's possible. even different. I think even when you, if you're just talking about it, it comes across kind of like, oh, that you make it sound so simple, but then if you actually try yeah. to do it. So I kind of think actually showing someone or being in the same room, which yeah. hopefully will be more and more possible during these times. Well, it's always hard. It's always hard for me with certain people because even when they don't mean to, I feel like when I do it and they're in the room, there's too much chance for them to be like, what? Wait, I oh, know. And like well, to watch me do it might scare them. And it's like makes me feel intimidated in a way. Another thing I find with cooking is like, I've never really taught many people. It's kind of hard to show someone because you're, you know, you're using knives and you're using this and you're trying to put your hands on someone else's hand. So it's just kind of every time you, every time you tried to show me how to cut something, I get nervous because I'm like, I know we, I'm just going to try and be careful here with this knife with you and me, but, but it's hard to show somebody in that way. That's what I'm saying. Like for blind people to actually do hand on hand teaching of it, it feels intimidating. And sometimes you do just have to do it. And yeah, I mean. I think for me, I never really had much hand-on-hand teaching. I would just kind of, I just kind of went for it and maybe- Yeah, you our, do it, you try it and then it might burn or it might not turn out. Yeah, like first. I remember it would have been in 2008 when I was, or 2007, I was living in Toronto for a year with friends, but I was not independent. That was right when I moved out away from home. I know I talked earlier, been away for 15 years since 2006. So I lived with friends for a year, but I was not independent. I couldn't cook at all. So I, after that, I just realized I need to be able to cook if I'm living on my own. Like, could you open a can? I think I could. Like, because we had can openers growing up. 
Yeah, yeah. different ones work different. They can be still kind of finicky, but I think that's kind of the case for everyone. You just have to try out different ones and, and find one that works. I wish I knew the name of the one that you have, Carrie, that I actually got our, our parents helped us track down. I'm sure I could have looked it up on, online if I didn't have oh, was the support. It, was it Starfrit or no? Yes, I think Star something. What'd you say? Starfrit, I think the company's called, like cooking utensils and things. Yeah. Um, but this one, this one works really well because I don't know if we want to get into the battle I had recently with the can opener, but <laughs> a few weeks ago I was trying to make burritos and I use a can of refried beans and whatever this new can opener was that I had, it was a different type, like a really small type one. And I don't know if it was the type of can that was having issues with because the lip on that can is a little bit higher than others start, or something. Start, but it must have been starting to rust the way you could just pierce it like that shredder. Yeah, it just, I was spending, I can get pretty obsessive. So I think I spent an hour and a half, and it turned out I had two cans of free fried beans. So when I ruined the first one and couldn't open it and I mangled it, I was like, ah, oh, maybe I can get the second one open. But nope, I did the exact same thing. So then I realized I needed a new can opener. So a lot of it is just finding the right tools and, and practicing and figuring out w what works for you. Um, but yeah, just quickly on the, on the vegan stew. I guess a simple explanation would be I just do it carefully by hand when I cook. Very carefully. Be mm -hmm. cautious. You do it like, you know, most of the things you do for cooking are with your hands, essentially. You're, you're holding the handle of the knife. You, you, with one hand, you, you kind of hold the vegetable that you're cutting to put it in place. And on the other hand, you're cutting and you're, you have your fingers away from the knife because you know where the knife is. Like, it's... I don't know. It's it is weird to describe. Well, that's why I try to explain it to people who might think it sounds far fetched that blind people do this stuff. Because as soon as there's the eyes are taken out of the equation, it, most people just can't quite contemplate how how it works. But yeah, you you just you're smart about it. You're careful about it. You 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 hopefully have some sort of awareness spatially of where things are to understand. Yeah, where your hand is and where the food is and where the knife is and and anything can happen to anybody. But it's like. So many people do it. I mean, maybe there's this whole group grouping of blind people who are missing um, limb um, digits, I guess, as they call it, fingers. Uh, if so, they're hiding. I haven't like seen a big, huge horde of us without a finger or two, right? From cutting or cutting everything up, right? Like we do it. So, and we also realize how you do which it. we talked about on on last week's show in particular about how most the majority of blind people, or I don't know what the exact percentage would be, but do have other disabilities or other conditions. So we understand that, you know, some people might have, you know, deal with mental health or, you know, there's so many things that someone that might make it hard for someone to cook. So it's, it's hard mm -hmm. to know all the different barriers and things that some people might deal with. Um, but I just, we are trying to get, we're trying to change the whole attitude of kind of making up someone's mind that they can't do something and just accepting that rather than just, realizing that there are ways and, and th these things are possible and um, we should go to break here probably because we are just over a half hour in. Um, mm -hmm. But, but I will quickly say, so yeah, I, I'll just quickly <laughs> run this. So I do have, you do have to peel the onion first too, which that's all by hand, right? I mean, maybe yeah. there's a way to do it with a knife or something, but I don't know. I just normally use my fingers to pick the peel off and same with garlic, which I do the same. I peel it first and then I use the knife to chop it. And then I put a bit of oil in a pan, which I just squeeze in before the pan's even turned on. 
Then I turn it on, and I, I generally cook on medium heat for the most part. I'll turn it up to high for a while to cook, but then when I want to actually stir it around or flip something, I bring it down and leave it for a few minutes before I do that, just so that there isn't a ton of heat there, and it's not going to spurt out grease at me and stuff. Um, but I'll fry up the onion and garlic, and then I'll eventually I'll add some water, and I'll add the chopped up sweet potatoes that I've already peeled. And I'll just stir it around with a spoon, which, you know, that's pretty easy once you have everything in the pot. And I'll add curry and, and other spices. And, and I have a rice cooker, which is very simple to throw rice in and water, and you just plug it in, and that's it. You don't even have to t touch it, and then it's done, pretty much. And I Pop. throw it all together that's in a bowl, and there's dinner. So that's oh, great. my plan for later today. But I think on that note, we should go out to break. Yeah, get a snack, everybody. How about you announce us out to break, Kara? I feel like I always do. All right. Well, you've been listening to Outlook on Radio Western or as a podcast. We're taking a little break and for some ads, and then we'll be right back. Welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Outlook here on Radio Western 94.9 or as a podcast. It's here. I'm here with Brian, and we're just having a more casual Monday mixed bag as we air live or as a podcast whenever but um we're just sort of after the last few weeks of guests we've had we just wanted to catch up and talk about a few things that have been going on so yeah we were talking that's what we've been doing <clears throat> we were talking food and cooking before the break and we will do more of an episode in a bit more detail on that i know i kind of rushed through my my recipes there but i do plan on making that meal later on today that's fine not talking about it you know in every detail just to hear that it, yeah. you do it fine people do cook uh, it, it is possible. And if you're blind listening right now and you have any questions about it or if you have trouble cooking or you don't feel like you, you could, you know, feel free to reach out and we'll uh, outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com. We'll, uh, we'll give you some tips. You know, we'd even be willing to, to chat with you and, and help you out because I think it's important to, to be able to, to cook. But let's move on then, Care, to... Like we said, we had a few episodes with guests this month. This is our first show of September with just the two of us. So let's reflect. We're not going to go into tons of detail, but we'll talk a bit about them. So let's go back to the very first episode we had here back on the 6th, Monday the 6th that aired. Hmm. And that was a discussion with our friend from Ireland. Yeah, it's always fun to bring him in on things. He's esteemed colleague. I think he is calling himself. Oh, great to memory. Us. You remembered that. Yeah, we're going to have yeah. him on, I think. Uh, more frequently, just because he does make for a good third host. He doesn't. He's not going to be here all, all every week, obviously. But we would like to have him on. No, every now and again, we're, we're, we're stopping this side of calling him a, a new co-host. Yeah, or, I almost you know, did. A, but... a guest, <laughs> just a guest host. A guest host. No regular patterns there. Just good to get perspective from across the pond, as they say. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good episode. It was fun. You know, we talked about some serious stuff from this book. I've been sort of plugging all. At least for the last... You've been sort of plugging? I think you've well, been plugging quite a bit, which is good. We want to plug it. Plugging and chugging away at I'm trying to get more... I'm not going to sort of plug it. I'm going to plug it 100%. <laughs> I, I said it weird, plugging now. I'm chugging away at it because it's, it you know, it's like anything in this stuff we do. It's work to get people to, to look this way at something. But um, hopefully we did have a good discussion. And like we tried to sort of target that this book actually would make great study for any uh, college university program, you know, about multi-sensory stuff and, and blindness and what it, what it's really about, because a lot of what people see in the media is not really 
very accurate. So we've been talking about this book, Their Plant Eyes by M. Leona Godan. And, uh, and it's yeah, the, that was a fun The subtitle episode. is the cultural... I always get the subtitle mixed up. Do you remember? A personal... A personal and culture, sorry, now you're guessing, getting me messed up. A per- personal and historical. Can we cut this out? I was <laughs> I just going to stick with their plan eyes. I'm, Take it easy. I'm leaving this in. This shows our, our banter, our brother, sister. No, you're not leaving this in. It's a personal and cultural history of blindness. <laughs> Thank you. The subtitle. I remembered it. There you go. There's, per- there's like Carrie's personal. Getting wa- col- Carrie's getting crazy over there, but it is a hard personal- sort of subtitle to remember, I find. Personal, cultural, historical, and sometimes, yeah, you get mixed up. Yeah, I think with the it's words. a personal and cultural history of blindness. Yeah, and it sure is a history. It really is. It's a very in-depth history. <laughs> know, that moment was funny. I, I just don't want to cut anything out on this episode. I want this to, you know, like we used to be alive in the studio. We didn't. We didn't Brian uses Brian out. uses the, Brian uses words to explain how he's feeling that maybe you could find a better one, and we leave that in. Now we leave my gaff, as they call it. But we are hoping to have Leona on the show coming up soon, hopefully before the end of the year, because this book is out since June now, and uh, I'm just trying to get the word out. I've listened as an audiobook, but we've had you reading it in Braille, and of course, it's available. And we've ordered it course. here. We've ordered it here in Canada, so it's available in Canadian bookstores, I do believe, or Amazon if that's what you prefer. But uh, yeah, so we will get people to buy stuff from other places than Amazon, even though it's very convenient. I know. Yeah, local bookstores, if, if you can find them and you're able to order it in or something, that's the way to go. And, you know, always support yeah. local if you can, because that's the most important compared to these big corporations and stuff. But yeah, that's that is a great book and a great resource. And of course, when something just comes out, that's when you really want to promote it, because when something's new, it gets that attention. But at the same point with this type of book, it's it's going to live on, I think, and it's going to be it's going to stand the test of time. So while you want to promote it right away, of course. I, it's not going to be irrelevant anytime, you know, it's, it's going to last forever anyway. So we'll keep talking about it for years to come. Well, yeah, we say it's, it's now it's like a resource for this show and I will keep talking about it, uh, into the unknown future. So then the week after so that, that, yeah, that was a couple of weeks ago there. Um, I guess it would have been, uh, three weeks ago was the, was the book when this is airing. Pre-ele- pre-election. Is what we're at now, which we've all passed that. But Yeah, so two weeks ago we had Owen Parkin on, who is studying political science at Lakehead University, living in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So we had him on, young student there, talking his love for politics. That was quite interesting, yeah, he, huh, he, he, He's a young liberal, he says, and uh, he's been active so far, even, you know, at his age, he's so, he's getting involved, and that's great. We need to see more of that, and we... We said we want more blind people getting involved if they can. It's not for everybody, which is the thing. But, you know, it's not for me to run for office necessarily. I'm trying to do what I can. But if somebody like Owen has that in him, we, we, that's great to encourage such things. So looking forward to seeing what he does uh, going forward. But it was nice to have that pre-election discussion because, you know, I don't pretend to know a lot about politics, even though these last few years we've really tried to to get more up on things. Yeah. It was a really interesting discussion just to hear how enthusiastic Owen was. So another episode worth checking out, though, now the election's over and it's the whole yeah. thing was was frustrating, just spending so much money and and, uh, you know, over half a billion dollars and yeah. pretty much ending up where we were before, which I mean, of course, 
if it were really positive change, I would have liked some change, but I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with the way it turned out, even though I still think the whole thing was a bit of a waste of resources and time. At least things didn't turn the Look, other way. We have know. to be we have to be in a country that we have to be in a country where the other side could have won, and it, and it has to be obviously a real pers- possibility. We have to keep it elections open and free. And what makes me nervous is kind of what I'm observing happening in the U.S. right now. And of course, we try to talk Canada here, and we've been talking about it since the election back just a month ago even or more it was still august that it just comes out like we don't have months and months of it like they do but you know next year is there 22 midterm elections and so i'm i'm really enjoying this year just not hearing the prior president's name so much always in the news i'm enjoying that but i'm still nervous and as a canadian with you know proximity to that country i'm worried that it's breaking down and i want canada even though we're around you know we're all riled up about this election and what you know whether we yeah, of course most of us agree trudeau didn't shouldn't have right but it. the point the fact, fact is that it's happened now so that argument yeah I've, I've kind of moved on from that argument and um just just so we do know we have about 15 minutes left and i would like to talk about my eeg and i didn't know if we were <laughs> going to talk about our voting process here because voting still <laughs> though possible well, it's not very accessible for blind people then i guess we need a two-parter again of this kind of thing brian well next we week might to talk about. Yeah, n- next week might be another mixed bag. We, we'll we'll wait and see, but it's a good possibility because we do have a lot to talk about, just the two of us sometimes. And and yeah. uh, well, it's how we had a show before we got all these guests, and since the pandemic, that's what we did before. We talked about disability related issues that were in the news often, and what we were doing. And but it's you know, there's always something to say about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah the. The whole thing was interesting. I definitely did pay attention to this election more than I ever have in the past, which in a way was kind of weird because then once it ended, it was like, wait, what was the past five weeks for? But I did learn quite a bit focusing on it. So Yeah, you attended a lot of these Facebook um, lives where they actually had these debates with your local, in your different ridings locally. That, that's good learning experience. So should we quickly talk about our voting process and then into my EEG? Because I really would sure, like to that- talk about the EEG this episode. There's not much to say. I walked in. Um, again, sometimes you feel like they're like, huh, what do you need when you ask for the, the template? And the so there should be a Braille card listing every person running and candidate. what candidate they are and in Braille and large print. And then you should have a, con- you know, where you slide the, the voting card inside and you find the slot that is where you'd want to sign. And th- we had the really nice ones, or at least I did. It was metal and tactile and beautifully tactile numbers and braille and sometimes you just get a cardboard one of that so it was nice and i you know it was simple enough but it's still hard because you still feel like i don't know you still feel vulnerable because you i do anyway that i can't see where the voting like you know they actually show you where the slot is so you can put your own card in and stuff like that is important right so you don't just hand it off to somebody and you can't see what they do and who you're it depends on who you're with and you know what they're like but not every um voting polling you know, official is trained on some of this stuff and sometimes it takes time and you have to be patient sometimes, right? Yeah, so I voted here in London and our our dad came down, our parents both came down and you came with them, Carrie, this past Monday. Well, a week ago now, if you're listening to this on, on Western, the election was the 20th um, of September. But yeah, so I went in with my, with my dad and again, finding the place was a pretty big pain yeah. in the pain, but 
luckily they would drive you like if you called a, a candidate uh, or you know from from a riding your riding you could get a ride which is a ser- great service that they would provide yeah they had volunteers who were getting people to polls if yeah. you know obviously they wanted people they want us to vote and that's important like again and again in a democracy that you sh- they, everybody should want to vote and we should make it easy right but i could also understand why certain populations like like we were talking before what we recorded this in the indigenous population, like, I can understand why they don't feel the yeah, urge to vote because they feel like they're never being listened to. And when we did that political episode with Owen, there was so much to talk about. And I remember at the very end, I kind of mentioned that, ah, oh, we didn't even get into the indigenous, indigenous work that needs to be done. And just these things that just, they always get forgotten. And it's <sighs> so terrible. Like, this is, these are people's lives we're talking about. And not having fresh water, but yet spending over half a billion, <laughs> half a billion uh yeah i guess it was half a billion right i think they said like 600 million dollars or something on yeah. this, like why not just put that into the drinking water and and not have an election but i know there's other po- i don't know the whole thing is don't get me yeah, started no. but i was supposed to talk it's about why, my voting experience here but it's why young people don't vote it's why sometimes you know yeah people just get fatigued <laughs> but i will talk you know, I, you- I do want to talk about my experience here and that'll tie into our advocacy fatigue that we wanted to talk about here which I don't know if we'll get to my EEG. That might be a cliffhanger for next week. Ooh, exciting, eh? <laughs> What's wrong with Brian's brain, everybody? Yes, That's- the brain. Let's talk about the abnormalities in your brain waves. <laughs> Are you intrigued? Anyway, um, yeah, so I went in with my dad, and it was downtown here in London. It was a ho- the Armory Hotel. Armory Hotel, yeah. Again, we drove down there. I did take his arm just because I wanted to get it over with. I didn't feel like, you know, I could have walked on my own or you guys could have even just dropped me off. But again, downtown there and I haven't been traveling in that much during the pandemic. So sometimes you take the support you can get. And in this case, I had him with me. But so we got in there and it, it uh, again, so you kind of described the process. Um, but so pretty much, yeah, they gave me, here they did have a braille list of the candidates. Didn't you say for you they didn't have the braille list, Care? Yeah, they didn't. So this place actually did. And right away when we asked for the accessible thing, they had it right away. We didn't have to wait. I know in the past I have had to wait sometimes like mm-hmm. five or ten minutes for them to find yeah. it. But they knew right away and they had it ready. And um, for you, I think maybe you said you did have to wait a bit this time or no? Not really. I just They okay. just, they don't seem like well, oh depends. yeah we just we just learned about this in our in training of some sort so yeah of course we have that uh i don't know just well it feeling. depends too like i mean in london here there's a bigger population so maybe there's more blind people who've come through there so far already last that day you never yeah, know yeah, i know the situation I know. but i was kind of surprised because i think a few years ago here when i voted i did have to sit down and wait a few minutes for them to find it so they did have it ready right away um but yeah it's still not the best because yeah you get this braille list which is separate from anything it's just a braille list which is still nice. I can read the names of the, the candidates and see what number they are. The one I want to vote for, I can fi- figure out the number. And then, yeah, I kind of even forget what the other piece felt like for my situation because my dad was there, so he kind of helped me a little bit. Um, but it is like a folder you're, or something that's you're a afraid of tu- You're afraid of touching it too much because you might bump the, cu- the voting card inside and then you, it yeah. won't be lined up properly. And- so pretty much you put this print voting card into like the regular ballot that, that anyone would fill out. You put it into this folder type thing that you have to line it up so that there's holes that come through this folder onto the ballot and line up with the candidate name. So, but on the folder, I can feel the, it's the print number raised, but then beside it is the number in Braille as well. There's no candidate names on that though, but we already had the, the Braille sheet before that to, to know which number it was. 
Well, so yeah, they have two, they have two separate things because then you'd have to keep making new templates when the right. different candidate names. Every <laughs> year they can just reuse the same t- the the same template thing because it just has the numbers and that's it. Yeah, and the holes this, that you're supposed to. Apparently, this is the other thing you're supposed to. It's like so. Our dad kept saying it has to be an X. So when I got up to the booth, I said, "Does it have to be an X, or can I just fill it in with whatever I want?" They said, "No, it doesn't matter as long as there's some sort of marking in the circle." Yeah, so, I mean, not every blind person knows what an X does. Well, an X. I, I I do know what an X feels like. Well, or yeah, it looks like sim- feels like, but I've never. The only real letters I've practiced writing with a with a pencil or pen are B and K, my signature. Um, so I do. I have had a little bit of practice with them, and I'm you know I haven't perfected those either, but. An X, I just don't know quite how to do. So, mm-hmm. for one, lining it up with the ballot is kind of tricky. I mean, I think if you just put the top of the ballot at the top of the folder and click it in, it should be lined up. But I know I that I since know. Dad was right there, he kind of did it for me. So right there, yeah, it's showing that it's not accessible for me. Even if I were to go in there on my own and they gave me this stuff and, and I went off to the, to the side place, I wouldn't know for sure if it's lined up. Like, I would still exactly. be worried. So in my case... Um, our dad kind of just did it, lined it up for me. And then I did find the number, the circle I wanted, and I thought I filled something in there, put a little marker, but I didn't really scribble too much in there. I didn't go too hard on the... I didn't know you had to go that hard. I thought just a little mark. But then after I was done, I stopped, and he took the pen pencil from me, and he did more. I heard him really scribbling, like kind of in that spot. Like he was so really it been, scribbling. Would it have been fine, or would they have not accepted it unless if unless unless I'm not that? sure, and I think that's what he didn't. He wasn't sure either, and I'm, you know, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not saying this to like put him on the spot because he's or blame or anything because he's just trying. He wants to make sure it's right and it, it's yeah. legible and everything. But my question was, if he wasn't there, like, would I know for sure? I mean, I guess I could ask a volunteer, but you're not really. It's supposed to be confidential, but it's just it's such a weird place to it's be like if, in if we could do it online on on our own like we fill out a million other things but i know there's concerns around that for certain people but i just i i wonder if it'll there's get a way there to, it'll get there someday because this is just an old archaic sort of way of doing it and it's just not very it's not very practical in my opinion i don't know if my marking originally would have been fine i think it should have been it said it didn't have to be an x but again i think it's just yeah. we're so consumed with this ocular centric world where it has to be one way that it's hard even you know for someone even if they even though they told us at the station that it doesn't have to be an x still for for our dad he might be like well i don't know though will it still read it properly and they don't want to have to throw the ballot out because it's unusable all of a sudden and it's like this fear of but i know you had a bunch of things you want to announce here and we're down to seven six minutes here um but i did want to talk about a situation when i was voting that kind of proves our advocacy fatigue and I've kind of calmed down and taken a bit of a breather from CFB these last few months just because it's, it's so much work. And that day when I voted, it kind of realized how much it's been getting to my head. Oh, I realized we got to talk about last week's show here as well, Care. Okay, well, I will mention last week's show was about sexual you can mention it briefly and mis- we'll talk more misconduct about it. in the blindness community and, and emotional abuse. And we had a panel on. If you didn't get a chance to catch it live on the radio, I'd highly suggest you check out that podcast. It's it's hard to listen to. It's some tough stuff, but it's like all of these things. And, you know, at Western here, there's been a lot of talk recently about really awful stuff going on in the residences and, and assaults and abuse and all of this stuff. That also probably ca- was a cause of a bit of my stress because it's very emotional. And you, I feel terrible for all this stuff and these power structures and things are hidden, but 
I, I would highly recommend if you're listening to this now that you you go back and look at and listen to the sexual misconduct in the blindness community episode from last week. Um, but when I was voting, I just want to quick say that I was standing with my dad right when we got up to the to the thing, and I asked about the accessible ballot, and there's like, "Yep, we have one." And then right after that, I heard the 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 person behind the uh, plexiglass or whatever they have there to separate it off was talking and saying. Okay, you just have to you have to tell him to do this and tell him to do that. And I had assumed she was talking to my dad. And I think we've talked about this on or our dad on the episode about sometimes people talking to other people about us. So I kind of thought she assumed, "Oh, my dad's with me. He's helping. He's the one in charge since I'm blind." So I thought I thought they were talking to to our dad. So I was like, "Wait, what? Are you talk what what were you talking about to me, you mean?" Or for me, or I said something like that, but then I don't know if our dad said something or she said, "Oh no, I'm talking to the to the lady who's giving me the the ballot." So then I realized, oh, it was some someone else who brought the ballot over who was telling the person I was talking to what to tell me to do. But I had assumed she was talking to dad and calling me him, and because that happens to us being blind, it's something a lot of I think most blind people have probably experienced at some point. Well, if two, if, if two people want to go out and vote together because their friends are in the same neighborhood, let's just go together. That's one thing. But anytime we travel with some, someone else, for whatever reason, we, we deserve to have a reason. Um, we're always, we're often treated that way. And it's hard to make people see, well, yeah, like you said, you're with that person. So maybe they're your carer and I will address them. It's like, please address the person first. See how that goes. Take the chance. <laughs> yes, it's definitely the way to go. But of course, in this situation, the... The, la- the lady giving yeah. me the accessible ballot yeah. had to explain it to the person I was working with to, so they could tell me. So it was their process. So right away when I realized it, I, I shouldn't have spoke up there. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I thought you were talking to my, to my and dad And then here. you feel embarrassment. Yeah. And-, and then that's, those are the moments when I sometimes realize like advocacy is important, of course. This is why we do this show. But you have to balance it with your life and everyday living and you can't allow it to get you too worked up all of the time because then you just you're jumping up people right away and it's it's a difficult balance but for <sighs> us when we when we have af when we have af then you and i we get we can get snappy and it's just because you're just tired and exhausted and fatigued. fatigued advocacy yeah. fatigue so yeah all right care i'm exhausted from that um yeah eeg next week we have a couple minutes left so what were a couple things you wanted to quick mention here at the end well, as we talked about the writer of Their Plant Eyes, uh, Emiliona Godan, she's going to be on Writers and Company this weekend on CBC. And I love that podcast. If you're a writer or anybody, just check it out. See what she has to say. She can. She's a great conversationalist. Yeah. So that's yeah. the weekend that just that just happened. If you're listening to this on oh, yeah, Radio so, Western. Yeah. So, so it, but any, by any time you're listening, it'll be available. If you listen, um, I listen on my podcast app, CBC Writers and Company. Check her out. CBC Writers and Company. So check out Leona on there. And again, she will be on our show again, probably in a few weeks here. I know. So we're airing this live on the Monday. Then that means that Orange Shirt Day is on September 30th. So everybody, a lot of people are going to be wearing orange on that day here in Canada. We need to, like you said, the election, this stuff got drowned out with everything else. But we need to keep talking about it because we need to come together as Canadians in in a better way than we have. So Orange Shirt Day. Yes. September 30th. That's a big one. September the 30th. It should be a holiday here, a, a statutory holiday here in Ontario. I'm not yeah. sure why the logistics behind why it's not, but I'm still going to I'm still going to look at it as a day to to remember all of this stuff and 
we're really trying to talk about it more and more on Outlook as well, Indigenous issues and concerns, and we want to find some Indigenous people with disabilities to have on the show because it's something we don't talk about en- enough and know enough about, so it's, it's really yeah. important that we, we get that more here. Intersectionalities. Absolutely. So yeah, I think, I think that's going to be it it for this week's episode. I do have a few more things on my list here, but there's only so much time. So <laughs> as we know. Yeah, you know what, Kara? I think we'll we'll wrap it up for this week. Ugh, AF, all right. Okay. We'll be back next week with a little bit more advocacy talk, but probably just some casual banter between us two siblings as well. So We're done for now, AF, yeah. So <laughs> thanks for listening to Outlook. Thanks Sorry. to Radio Western. <laughs> It's fun to keep saying. Yeah, apparently. We're fatigued, and but we will be back next week because we still love doing this show. Send us an email. Outlook on RadioWestern at gmail.com Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook facebook.com slash outlook on radio western